0: The highest topic on social media platforms like Twitter, one of the highest topics of all has been Christian. This week around Australia questions about who gets to claim what, about who is being vilified, about whose freedom is being impinged. They've divided the country. And there has been so much hurt that has been spread, particularly targeting people in the LGBTQI community. And unfortunately, in this debate in Australia, so many people will just cling to their easy answers, their instinctual response, often fear-based response, instead of exploring these topics more deeply because there is so much going on in this debate. This debate that has swum around Israel Folau. Questions of law, free speech, race, gender, sexuality, safety, dignity, the workplace, the private realm, theology, biblical studies, all of these issues are intertwined in a seething not, and not many Australians are actually that familiar with the biblical text. And today, what would you know? The reading set down in the lectionary that is for all around the world is the Galatians passage that Folau quoted from in the tweet that erupted the post that erupted. That quote that said that gay people and drunks and liars are bound for hell. Now you may have noticed as you heard the letter read that there's no mention of gay people. There's no mention of hell either. But this is the passage that he refers to. This is what happens when we snip verses out of the Bible, out of context, and use them for our own agendas. This is what happens when people use the text of the Bible, our sacred text, to judge others or to frighten them, seek to frighten them into some kind of faith confession. Violence is done and spiritual abuse occurs. And the name of Jesus is dragged through the gutters. I suspect thousands, if not millions of Australians have turned even further away from any thought of ever exploring the way of Jesus this week. Ever. Because of this misrepresentation of our faith. So I want to dive into this passage with you in Galatians. I want to honour the complexity of this sacred text that we have and lean into the context of what's going on then and then we can explore what's going on for us now. So we know that Paul wrote Galatians. That's not debated. And what's happening in there is massive fights. He's just been particularly rude to people in just before that passage opens. And you can read that for yourself to see what he says. They're fighting with one another about how to be disciples. What does it mean? What does faithfulness actually look like? Has anything changed, I wonder? And within this debate, they are discovering the astonishing freedom of Christ. Remember, non-Jewish people are beginning to become part of the community and then the Jewish, who are the first followers of Jesus, are all Jewish. They're all together and they're trying to work out what it means now. We've grown up with all these laws about who we can sit next to, who we can eat with, what food we can eat. And now these non-Jewish people are here. We're called to love them, but some of the people were saying, well, they should do all the rules. They should keep all the laws like we do. And Paul's saying, actually, no, there's a freedom in Christ. And then others are like, whoop, whoop, there's freedom. There's freedom in Christ, no laws. You can imagine where you get a sense of what's happening by the list of things that Paul says not to do. Gives you pretty clear insight into what they're going. I am free in Christ. And then on they go. And within the context of this setting, Paul uses this metaphor of spirit and flesh. But the word in the Greek, in the text for flesh, Saks, is not the word for body. He's not talking about bodies being evil and the spirit being good. That's a Greek philosophical construct. That's not Paul's view. Paul's Jewish. Paul's growing up with stories like the first creation story where God makes humans and goes, they're good. Our bodies are good. Paul and the others have grown up with a psalm that says, God was with me in the womb when I was being knit together. Our bodies are good. He's not saying that. It's a, the word for body is soma. This is sucks It's flesh. And he's speaking much more about that thing that we all have. We pretend not to have it. You know the toddler thing when one's got a cardboard box and the other one wants it? Mike. That internal ego drive to have what others have or to want self-preservation mind selfish that kind of selfishness doesn't quite cover it's you know that primal oh he's speaking of that drive and contrasting it with what happens when we let spirit near when we let holy spirit in So what Paul is talking about here is the freedom that comes in Christ when we let spirit grow in us so that we can begin to put down that drive that can manifest in all kinds of ways, like drunkenness and carousing and adultery, things that we seek out in our shame, in our sense of Unworthiness and that actually don't attend to those things but spread a whole lot of hurt to us and to others. So, Paul contrasts that shame driven drive with what happens when the spirit grows up in us. There's healing, there's actual healing, and it's not instantaneous, this is a growth metaphor, ongoing. That we will be transformed, and things like joy, gentleness, peace, they're, they're, they will grow up in us. The fact that these astonishing claims that Paul is making into this community that's tearing itself apart. The fact that this beautiful metaphor of growth is contrasted with that primal drive to meet our own ego needs is now being fashioned into a weapon in Australian culture in the wider society 2,000 years later is devastating. And it's tempting to be rude about Israel Folau and those who are funding his campaign. to not only condemn his misuse of the Bible, the violence of his language, not only condemn those things, but to also judge and deride him. But I am a Christian and he is a Christian and he is my brother in Christ. Just like all, every single beloved LGBTQI brother and sister in Christ, who have had the most hideous week, I imagine. Who so often have to bear the brunt of such vitriol in the name of Jesus. I don't know if you noticed the very, very first part of the reading. But Paul could be writing to the Australian church and wider society today, particularly the church, though. Paul says, for the whole law is summed up in a single commandment, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. That's the challenge for us, For me. We cannot control what Israel Falah says about the Bible. We cannot control the group that call themselves the Australian Christian Lobby and pretend that they represent all Christians. But we are called to love them. We are challenged to rise above their shrill judgement of others and of us They're playing of the victim and to model something else. To model the disruptive love of Jesus. We have a particular calling within this debate. As people seeking to be faithful followers of Jesus who take the Bible seriously... Not literally as some simplistic manual to quote at others. We are needed in the world right now to speak clearly about our faith, to refuse the categories that some Christians are seeking to impose and that suggest that if they're not agreed with them, we're not really Christians at all. We are called to refuse this. We have a particular calling within this debate to be witnesses, both to Christians who are spending their time and money defending misrepresentations of the Bible, and witnesses to our neighbours, people who are understandably rejecting the church in droves because the loudest Christian voices in public debate are spreading hate and judgement and fear. We need to continue to be a truly safe place for all people. And especially at this time, our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQI community who are being targeted. And we need to continue with the hard work, ordinary work of doing what Jesus said, feeding the hungry welcoming the stranger, seeing the person who is marginalised and honouring them and including and bringing them in and learning from them, getting Christ in them. Like Paul says, like Jesus does, we need to stay loving. We need to be humble, gentle witnesses to the world that the way of Jesus is not about judging others. The way of Jesus is not about condemning others. But that the way of jesus is about discovering the god who dares to enter our world as one of us and does so befriending those very people that the church establishment has already excluded and condemned and he says follow me love neighbor love enemy we need to continue to follow jesus the heart of god who sees need and hunger and responds in compassion and nourishment and says, live generously, give your stuff away. Welcome the stranger, this is where I am, follow me. I need to continue to follow Jesus, the face of the divine who embodies utter non-violence even to death. And he says, follow me. Serve one another. This is the one we follow. This is the one we gather to. This is the one whom we are fed by and whose name we live in. And who through spirit grows up these astonishing gifts that are commonly overlooked, like gentleness, joy, Kindness, faithfulness. Despite the violence of the current debate, despite the desire we may have to condemn and demean fellow Christians who misrepresent our sacred text and us. Despite the wish we may want to distance ourselves from even being associated with the church right now because parts of the church are acting so badly. We are the ones who need to be here in the messy middle, in the really painful middle, humbly, wisely embodying and speaking Jesus' words of love. I'm not talking about a love that's wishy-washy niceness. We can be angry and we can speak really clearly about what needs to be named and truth, but we're called to do it in grace and humility, not smug pride or derision. We're called, and this is the hardest bit, not to end up mirroring the behavior that we're condemning. But the hope is, just as Paul said to this community that was tearing itself apart, we're not called to do this becoming loving and kind in our own strength. This is not a self-help actualization program. This is about allowing the Holy One into the wounds and God growing up, letting the Spirit near us, letting her do the growing up of these gifts. so that slowly, over time, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and self-control, we all might have some more than others, they'll continue to grow up in us so that we will end up looking more like Jesus. Embodying disruptive hope wherever we go in our hurting world. Amen. We'll have some stillness and then space to respond.